podcast contains mature content. The views and opinions expressed by the co-host are not necessarily those of the host. Listener discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Smackin' It Raw podcast episode 94. I am your host, the MOTP, the warden, Matt Ritter. And I am here, as always, with the Tony Schiavone to my Conrad Thompson, Sir Custalot Travis Pointer, a.k.a. the Dragon King, a.k.a. Big T, a.k.a. Sweet T, a.k.a. T-Money, a.k.a. Black Merlin, a.k.a. the HNIC, a.k.a. T-Bag. What, Travis, what are you doing? You can barely hear that. It was just a bunch of distortion and then like bullshit. Yeah, can't even hear it. I can hear it. That's the NWO theme music right there. I can barely hear you now. Can you hear me now? Uh, yeah, better. <laughs> Sound a little muffled though. Hmm. All right. Well, I guess what Travis is referring to is the fact that as of today, we completed our tournament for the greatest faction stable of all time over on the Facebook page for the Smackin' Raw podcast, facebook.com slash group slash Smackin' Raw. And the winner was in a 9 to 0 decision, the Four Horsemen. Oh, with shit. 15 oh, people shit. who just voted oh, out of their minds. Oh, shit. The winner was the winner that I said it would be at the beginning, the NWO. Apparently, apparently, Travis took 15 people on an acid trip and completely fucked up our tournament, but it, it is what I it is. No such thing. I told you who was going to win it. Well, I'm in denial. The NWO changed wrestling as we know it, sir. You guys are also going to have to excuse me if I'm not the normal. Uh, I don't have the normal level of energy. See, uh, I just got back from Memphis and literally got out of the car and walked in the house to come do this podcast because uh, Travis is going on vacation in a week and he wants to get it done and out of the way so he can enjoy his week off and couldn't give me like 30 minutes to, you know, relax. Um, excuse me. You were the one that brought up 5 o'clock, not me. No, I said I'd be home around 5 o'clock. I didn't say, hey, let's do the podcast at 5 o'clock. And when I said after a nine-hour drive, I'd be home at 5 o'clock, you're like, all right, 5.15 then? Like 15 minutes from when I walk through the door, that's when you want to do it? Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. Appreciate that. Let's get into news and rumors. Uh, don't have a lot. Talk about all the nights that I do it at, you know, 11 o'clock finishing at midnight and then having to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning to go to work. So, you know. That's true. That is true. You do do that yeah. once a week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You're doing this once. We don't have a whole lot of news. I feel like we should because it feels like it's been a while. It's only been a week, but, I mean, with money in the bank going by, it feels like it's been a while. But uh, Ashley Massaro passed away. Suicide. Yeah, and uh, there is a GoFundMe right now set up by a bunch of female wrestlers um, to get a – fun for her daughter for uh higher education um later on in life which is great so if you have the means and you can i suggest you go donate to that and help out i know a lot of uh wrestlers like mcfoley and the female wrestlers themselves have been uh, partaking in it some are auctioning off ringware and things like that with the proceeds going towards that so if you have the means please go support that please go help out yeah man gotta look out for the kids yeah um John Moxley, a.k.a. Dean Ambrose, and Ty Dillinger, well, Sean Spears, a.k.a. Ty Dillinger, both seem to have signed with AEW. I know uh, Ty Dillinger will be in the Battle Royal, the Casino Battle Royale, uh, prior to, yeah, 10, uh, the Double or Nothing pay-per-view. I know what your answer is going to be because you're going on vacation, but uh, is there any chance you're going to be picking up and watching Double or nothing and want to do a post-show Saturday after double or nothing. I wouldn't have done that if I wasn't going on vacation. Uh, you're no fucking fun. We got to start covering AEW, Travis. It's gonna I don't be have to do a damn thing. Tuesday Night Dynamite. It's going to be a big thing. We cover wrestling. You better let Phil do that shit. I'll talk to Phil. Um, Ric Flair had successful surgery. He is out of the hospital, and so did Ruby Riot. I'm um, assuming you, like I forgot that the Riot Squad was a thing. Those yeah. girls existed. Definitely did. Um, and AJ Styles says he has signed his last professional wrestling contract of his life. It is with WWE. He will not be re-signing after this contract expires. Yeah, I read that. 
Like, man, all right, then, bro. So we're going to get into Monday Night Raw. But before we do that, I uh, it, this is our podcast, right? This is your my podcast. It is. But I'm the host, and I'm, uh, I'm going to make an executive decision here. Whether it be because of the possible fake cancer or not, whatever the deal is, Roman Reigns is over, and it's taken them forever to get him over, but he's over. He's even over with me, so I don't feel like it's fair to refer to him as male Charlotte anymore. But there is a blonde bitch who keeps getting handed shit that he doesn't deserve by the name of Brock Lesnar, so I am officially referring to Brock Lesnar as male Charlotte from now on. <laughs> Oh, man, you're such a hater, but go ahead. So, uh, male Charlotte starts off Monday Night Raw with his <laughs> Money in the Bank contract, uh, doing some stupid boombox thing that most of the kids watching Raw won't even understand. Um, well, Paul yeah, Heyman's out there wearing – I did. Exactly. He did. Yeah. That was for you, sir. That was to piss you no, off. It wasn't for me. Nothing no, it, he does. It was, it was literally to piss you off. But anyway, he comes out with Paul Heyman. They make it sound like he wants revenge against Seth Rollins. So Seth Rollins comes down. He's like, cash it in now. Let's go. Be a man. And then they're like, well, maybe we're not going to cash it in against you. Maybe you're not worth it. Maybe we want Kofi. Not expecting Kofi to come out, but Kofi comes out. And he's like, all right, cool. Like, let's do this. And it looked like he was about to cash it in. But unfortunately, male Charlotte's balls are kept in a velvet sack next to Paul Heyman's Jew gold. And Paul Heyman would not allow him to do so. So uh, you got to pick your spot when you have that contract, you cash it in when it works for you. Apparently because of the way they booked him at any point in any time, it works for him, especially, you know, fresh off of a fucking three month vacation in Las Vegas, getting his balls licked by Sable. After Paul Heyman took them out of that sack and gave them to her to lick. Yeah. But Sable still licked them. Uh, Kofi comes out, offers himself up as sacrifice. I'm like, listen, Kofi, I love you, but like, that's not going to go well for you. Like they might let you beat Daniel Bryan, but Vince is not going to let you beat male Charlotte. You're still black. Like you need to back the fuck up. (laughs) It is what it is, man. Like, oh yeah, Vince is still Vince and you are still black. You are right. Like you got Daniel, you got Kevin. Like, you're on a streak. Let's not fuck that up by going up against the fucking golden child here. Mm. All right? You, you beat the two guys that Vince wasn't all that high on anyway. So we can uh, – well, we'll take those. But uh, yeah. And now you got Dolph Ziggler, who they don't like. So, I mean, just keep it going. Yeah, yeah. We'll beat all those dudes. <laughs> all those former champions that Vince doesn't give a shit about anymore, you just rack up those wins. Yeah. It makes you well, look good. You're- exactly, exactly. Until we get to SummerSlam and he makes them fight Big E and I'll be sad and I'll cry because of all the black-on-black violence. We will talk about that. Um, then we get Mick Foley showing up with the mystery belt, and he's greeted by Titus O'Neil, which is fitting for something that we'll get into later in the show. Um, Sami Zayn has a match against Braun Strowman and loses. It turns into another backstage brawl before Braun drags him back to the ring, and then the match starts, and Braun beats Sami. Do we Sammy really just no like scroll right over the 24-7 title? Well, that's not till later in the show. I thought that happened earlier. No, see, I was watching it, and I was writing notes as I watched it. So Mick shows up with the belt, and he talks to Titus backstage. Then there's a bunch of shit that happens, and it's not until after Moment of Bliss that we get to Mick in the belt. Maybe now, it's it, while I watch Raw. Anyway, go ahead. You did see the Sami Zayn Braun match, right? I mean, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Did you see Lars Sullivan's interview? Yes. Where the Lucha House Party crashed, so you actually saw Lucha House Party? Yeah. Yeah, they got beat up. They tried. Yeah, they still got their asses whooped, but yeah. I saw it. Did you see uh, Pew Pew Ricochet versus Cesaro? Negative. Um, Roman Reigns and Shane? Yes. Okay. So Roman comes out. Uh, like I said, he's over now. All it took was cancer, uh, but they got him over. And Whatever. Shane got... Shane says he's done with the Miz now, and Roman's like, "Well, okay, I'm free. Let's do this." And uh, Shane's like, "Yeah, we'll do it, but we'll do it in Saudi Arabia." But Drew comes out, and he's kind of got Drew standing there, and clearly, it doesn't seem like Shane wants Roman one on one. 
Um, let me just throw this out there because I keep saying this. I'm not buying Miz as a heel, however. I mean, as a face, however. Shane says he's done with the Miz, but Miz can't be done with Shane. So we're clearly going to see more of that. They're just kind of like pushing that aside until after showdown. Well, he said that, and then we'll get to what we got on SmackDown. So we'll see. Um, Did you see the Usos versus the Revival? Negative. That was a damn good match. Wait, did I? I saw the Usos. Tell me about the match. Uh, Usos lost the Revival and what you'd expect to be a pretty damn good tag team match. No, I didn't see it. Okay. Well, mark that. Not good enough for Hulu. Uh, Firefly Funhouse. Yes. Continues to be creepy. I need Bray Wyatt to leave the Funhouse and come to Raw or SmackDown. It's great. We got where we wanted to be. Now let's use it. Let's do something with it beyond. He'll show up at a pay-per-view. The Funhouse. I thought he was going to show up at Money in the Bank. That didn't happen. Yeah, he'll be stomping ground. Yeah. Um. Then we got a moment of bliss, which I'm sure you saw. Yes. So it's a moment of bliss with uh, Becky and Cute Charlotte's co-host, Nikki Gross, because uh, Cute Charlotte apparently feels bad for her that she didn't win the Money in the Bank, and they're BFFs now. Um, the Iconics interrupt. She's her little assistant because, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, the way she treats her, yeah. yeah that's- well, I mean, so they're both sitting out there, and then she makes Nikki get out of the chair for Becky, and then they call for coffee, and she pours half the coffee into her own cup and gives Nikki the rest. And then after Becky sits down, she's, like, shooing her away and don't stand there, don't stand there. Like, yeah, I, I see what's going on here. Um, but the Iconics interrupt, um, as well as Military Charlotte, and then uh, – Becky makes a really good point. It's like, man, everyone's talking a lot of shit about me, but I still am champion. Like, yeah, I don't have two titles, but I do still have a title. Mm-hmm. She's still Raw Women's Champ, which is more Y'all than are, accomplished. So Exactly. Y'all are still making fun of me, despite the fact, like, I'm still the champ. Mm-hmm. Like, you imagine making fun of you for only being a champion on, like, you know, one brand. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um. So Becky asks for the three-on-one, and then Nikki says she'll join Becky, and then Becky just kind of volunteers cute Charlotte. She goes, whoa, 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 I didn't sign up for this. She goes, oh, don't worry. You just stand there and look pretty, and that's exactly what she does. Mm-hmm. She did great. Like, she just hung out there. She she looked pretty, did her did her job. Drink her coffee, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Nikki and Becky went in to win a basically two-on-three handicap match against the Iconics and Military Charlotte. Yeah. Any more thoughts on that? Asshole. Did Bear not like that segment, or was that a, a, yep, a yip of approval? I don't know what that was. That was just a random one bark, and then he, like, he was standing right here, barked once, and then walked away. Well, it's probably because he's made a cameo on just about every episode for like the last five episodes, and he's a little pissed off for not letting him show up this time. Yeah, well, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, Mick Foley... Comes out and debuts what uh, we in the Smack and Raw group, thanks to Corey Jenkins, have dubbed the soft core title. Um, it is a ugly ass green belt with a giant twenty four seven engraved in gold, and it's basically the WWE Hardcore Championship under twenty four seven rules that we had under Crash Holly, but with a new ugly belt. Like I'd take the Hardcore belt back over this. This thing looks like shit. <laughs> It's the softcore title. That's what we're calling it. It's not the hardcore title. It's the softcore title, but it's going to be fun. Like, so, we're going to. So it's the Cinemax title. Yeah, the softcore title. Yeah, Cinemax. I mean, we've already had some fun moments and we've already had fun with this. Um, oh, this is great. Like, I love what the idea of this because, like, they can do so much with it. They can, I was. Go ahead. I'm just saying, like, they can do so much. Like, they can't, it could be like beyond just, you know, Raw and SmackDown. They can, like, put stuff on social media with this, like, all throughout the week, like, on their Instagram or anything like that. Somebody just wins the belt, you know? Like, oh, and Mick Foley made it clear that it's open to NXT, NXT UK, and 205 Live Superstars. And because we have the wild card rule and brands don't matter and anyone can do whatever the fuck they want now because Vince has lost his goddamn mind. Only four per show, Matt. 
that's between Raw and SmackDown. They didn't say how many NXT superstars or NXT UK or 205 Live guys can show up. That's four from SmackDown. We could get four from 205 Live, four from NXT, four from NXT UK. We could just have a whole fucking Raw of four guys from every show, and that'll fill the fucking show. And then they'll just call somebody from TNA to just show up just because, you know. Nobody's calling TNA for talent. And, you know, I mean, they yeah, I guess they took all NXL TNA's good talent, huh? Except for Tessa Blanchard. She's still down there. Tessa Blanchard. Tully Blanchard's daughter. Oh, yeah. Um, I bought Fighting With My Family, and she did all of uh, the page stunts in Fighting With My Family. Mm. Um, anyway, I was worried because when we started this, Mick Foley's like, we're going to have a championship scramble. And this is not like any championship scramble I have ever seen. Like, no, I was expecting all these guys to come out and have a match, and whoever was the winner at the end was going to walk out with the title. No, I was not expecting – <laughs> the locker room to empty and people to tackle each other to try and get in the ring to pick up the belt. Nor was I expecting Mojo Raleigh to actively not go in there while he had the chance to become champion and get the belt. Like he just stood there and looked on like he was on the stairs and he's in there. He's looking, but he's not going in. There's no one near him. He could have easily picked it up, but he didn't. I mean, it's just like, you know, money in the bank with Ali. All he had to do is kind of reach up and say, yoink. Yeah, no. As soon as Brock Lesnar's – Kate and I talked about this. Yeah. As soon as Lesnar's music hit, I am taking that fucking title. And running. Yeah, and running. I jump down and I run. I'm not stopping <laughs> like a deer in the headlights and staring. Like, and wait, oh, my no, God, Brock that. Lesnar's going to be like, no, no, no. Give me my briefcase. Getting the fuck up out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, Titus O'Neil will forever, however, be known as the first ever softcore champion. Cinemax. You call it what you want. I'm calling it a softcore title. I like how Corey dubbed it. I liked it. I told him I was stealing it. I got permission. That is what it is. That's fine. And I'll call it Cinemax. Uh, but immediately after becoming champion and walking up the rampway, he is pinned by Robert Roode. By to say, well, see, Robert Roode was the smart one. Let all them fight over it. And then after it's done, roll them up and get the fuck out of here. And I thought we were going to be on our way to a glorious 24-7 mustache ride with the softcore title. And I feel like a guy whose finisher is known here as the mustache ride is the perfect softcore champion. Like, this was great for me. But it got better. Because then later on in the night, as Robert Root is running away from everyone, he jumps into the trunk of a limo, and our truth is acting as though he's helping him out. Uh only to find out after R-Truth sent everyone away and let him out of the trunk that R-Truth had a referee sitting in that car, rolled him up and took away the softcore title, tried to rename it the European title, but I <laughs> corrected him. And R-Truth is now currently your softcore champion. Cinemax. Did you see uh, The Miz and Drew? Yes. All right, so The Miz lost to Drew uh, thanks to Shane's help. Uh, even though Travis doesn't believe The Miz is a babyface, he was quite the babyface here. Shane screwed him over, and then when they jumped him after the match, his BFF, Roman Reigns, came down for the save. <sighs> yeah, I guess. It's such an odd, like, pairing, The Miz mm-hmm. and Roman Reigns. Because The Miz does not. What if they made The Miz the next Dean Ambrose? Yeah. Uh oh, Travis, I'm losing you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Okay. All right, you It's good. It's good on it's good for me. Um yeah, no, what if the Miz is like the new Dean Ambrose? Ugh. Yeah. Mm. That would not be fun. Not at all. I don't like that. We're not gonna speak that into existence. We're gonna pretend you didn't say that. We're gonna move on. Uh did you see Samoa Joe? Joe is going to kill you. I don't think so. What did he do? I uh, cut a backstage promo about the bullshit of money in the bank. Nah. Okay. Uh, Mark, that not good enough for Hulu. Wow, a lot of shit didn't make Hulu. And then in our main event, which wait, Triple H let us. Wait, wait. What did he say? <sighs> Hold on. Let me talk Kofi and Seth, and then I'll start that as maybe part of not good enough for hulu so we don't ruin not good enough for hulu yeah, yeah. me watching uh, was some different shit this week i'm sorry but go ahead yeah uh we were informed by triple h kofi and seth were going to team up to take on corbin and lashley bobby lashley delivers two spears and tries to use a chair but kofi counters 
And then uh, after Kofi, or I'm sorry, Kofi and Seth beat Corbin and Lashley. Then after the match, Lashley hits two spears, tries to use a chair, but Kofi counters. And then male Charlotte comes down and bitches out, as we all expected. Mm. With Paul Heyman telling us we'll find out on Monday if he's going to cash in or who he's going to cash in on. Yeah. All right. Not good enough for Hulu, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, We're going to start off with Samoa Joe addressing the BS from Money in the Bank. Telling Rey Mysterio that he's too good of a person. He knows Joe's shoulders weren't pinned. And that Rey Mysterio needs to just give him the belt back because he knows it's the right thing to do. And that's the kind of person he is. No, I don't see that. The refs were on some other shit at Money in the Bank. Let me just say. Really? I didn't watch. You didn't watch Money in the Bank at all? So Samoa Joe. Let me tell you, because like like you, I was watching Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, I just found out everything that had happened. So I was just like, eh, yeah, I don't have time for this. So I'll just let him tell me. They pinned Samoa Joe. His right or left shoulder was clearly off the mat by the two count, if not after one. And oh, they still gave a pin. Like Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. Yeah, kind of. Um, but even more blatant. And then the announcers are trying to fix it and be like, oh, well, the ref's view was obstructed by Samoa Joe's body, and it's like, yeah, but it's his body's shoulder that's up. Calls Samoa Joe fat. Yeah, basically. So disrespectful. Then uh, they were complaining that Charlotte hadn't gotten to her feet when Bailey cashed in on her. She was still laying on the ground when they rang the bell. That wasn't anything. But during the Miz and Shane in the steel cage, mm-hmm. the Miz had a pin, and Shane put his foot on the ropes. And the ref called off the count. Yeah, the ropes don't mean shit in ODQ matches, which is what a steel cage match is. Cage match is. So, yeah, and the announcers well, called the ref out for might that. Be di- that. That might be different for, for pinfalls, though. For like, if you don't have to break a submission, then it shouldn't break a pinfall. Well, it does. Well, you don't have to break a submission for it because, like, you have to break the submission because holding onto a rope and you hold onto a submission causes a DQ. So keeping a pinfall and having your foot on the rope doesn't cause a DQ. So it's like that's some different shit. So I'm not sure. I'm. They talked about it. The announcers talked about it and said it wasn't right. And I'm fairly certain, from my knowledge, that if it is a no DQ match, the ropes mean nothing. That means if you put your foot on the ropes, it means nothing. If you grab it during a submission, it means nothing. The ropes are out of play. You need to research that rule further. Okay. Anyway, back to not good enough for Hulu. Uh, the Usos lose to the Revival. Uh, Pew Pew Ricochet loses to Cesaro. There was a nasty ba- backbreaker in this match. He like he lifted Ricochet up and then just dropped him, and like he folded. And after the ass cooking he took in the Money in the Bank ladder match, oh, that was rough. His ass got cooked. Cooked. Yeah, you said ass cooking. Oh, ass kicking. Sorry, he took ass kicking. He took. Not as oh, cooking. Yeah. I'm like, damn. Like they put him on the grill too. Nope. So yeah, not good enough for Hulu. Maybe uh, I should go back and watch Money in the Bank. You should at least watch the ladder match up until like the very last five minutes. Just shut it off when you see Ali. Both of them are just the male one. Uh, the women's was good. It, uh, I think the male was better. There was a lot of big crazy spots in the male one. Um, it actually made Corbin look kind of like a monster at a few points. Um, Interesting. There was some good shit in the women's, but I think the male was better. So the women's match was more your typical, you know, good ladder match, but the male's ladder match had a little little extra. Mm. Well, here's the interesting thing. I was at Money in the Bank last year, and when I was sitting there live, I thought the women put on a better Money in the Bank match last year than the men did. But this year, I'm giving it to the guys. There were just there were a lot more big spots with the oh, men. Oh hell, the penis. Yeah. Not good enough for Hulu. Uh, Pew Pew Ricochet loses to Cesaro. The Usos lose to the Revival. And Dro, the Dro. Wiener's out. That's not what we're talking about. Joe addresses the BS for Money in the Bank. About to say, where's the Dro? Don't have it. Call John. I could call John. You want me to stop the podcast? I know you got stuff to do, like, immediately after the podcast. Hey, hey, hey. We're not talking about me right now. We're talking about John. And getting the draw. I'm just saying, I could stop the podcast right now, call John, and then we could pick it back up, but I don't want to lean into your personal anyway, time. We're going to move on. Okay. Uh, 
And we're going to move on to SmackDown. Um, Elias meets with The Miz and gets uh, – or no, Elias meets with Shane. Why the fuck did I put The Miz down? Wow. Um, he meets with Shane at the very beginning of the opening of the show. SmackDown than I did, but go ahead. <laughs> Elias meets with Shane at the very opening of the show, bitches about WrestleMania, and gets his rematch against Roman. By the way, by the way, because I forgot to mention this. This, this really doesn't – fit completely with what I'm going to say because it's, there's no title involved here. But it's so funny to me how they're like, yeah, there's no rematch clause. But they keep finding a way to have rematches for the title every time. Like <laughs> It's just there's no rematch clause, but guess what? We are more than likely going to get Brock versus Seth again because Brock just got that title. Does it count as a rematch for the title if it's not, if he's defended it since he beat Brock for it. They okay, so they wait another month before they have the match again. Like it's just, I'm just I'm I'm at I'm asking still them coming back and just doing the same match over again. Like no, I understand that. That's my point. Like it's like they still find a way to just have the same match over over again. Not necessarily a rematch, but I guess I'm saying like even if they don't have the rematch clause, they still find an excuse to have the same two people have a match again. And don't forget, he could cash in on Kofi Travis. Yeah, but he won't. Um, speaking of Kofi, Kofi and Xavier, uh, Xavier bring out great value. E. Uh, then when they realize that this ashy need imposter is not who they thought it Yo, was under the ashy as fuck. Yeah. I feel like that was like overdone a little bit. Like, yeah. That was, that was, that was some extra shit. Like they actually took some actual ash. Like they t- went to a fireplace and rubbed that shit on his knees. Yeah, nobody's nobody's needs it that bad. But they needed like they needed this to show up on television. So <laughs> like one or two things happen. No black person goes anywhere where you can be seen in public with your knees that ashy. I agree, but one or two things happen. Either this is not a self-respecting black person and he was walking around in shorts and they saw that shit and said, We need to make this something, and they threw a big E singlet on him and brought him out just just because of that. Or, as you said, they doctored up those knees to make them extra ashy. They had to because, like I said, no black man or black woman, for that matter, walks around in public with their knees that ashy. But here's my problem. They didn't even help the guy out. Like, they didn't offer him any fun. Like, hey, go in the back, get some lotion or some cocoa butter. Like, they didn't do – they just like, get the fuck out of here with you. You can't pretend to be Big E. Fuck you. <laughs> so they sent him away, and out comes Big E. Uh, Big E is not medically cleared. Uh, but is still Twitter milf hunting for Becky Lynch's mom. He let oh, us know that. Oh, fucking funny. They're just like, Becky's mom is <laughs> taken. <laughs> Continuing some shit from Twitter. So if people weren't even paying attention for Twitter, they don't even know what the fuck they're talking about. But it's they still did it, and it's so good. And I don't think we talked about it, but uh, Becky Lynch posted a picture of her and her mom for Mother's Day, and uh, then a... Interesting Twitter exchange between Big E, who wants to fuck Becky's mama, and Becky, who said she doesn't want to become Becky E. Langston, uh, continued. Uh, and it's fun as shit, so if you haven't checked that out, go check that out. Speaking of the New Day also, we need to go ahead and mention that Kofi Kingston has won the Up Up Down Championship, and he is now Kofi Two Belts. Yeah, if you want to call it that. He, he has two, ti- two title belts. I've got two title belts. I ain't Matt two belts. Two title belts. I bought two title belts. Yeah, but he won them. He earned them, sir. You I earned them. them too. I worked hard for the money that I spent on those belts. Thank yeah, you I'm much. sure you did. But he won them in competition, sir. I was competing with other people to buy those specific belts online. No, you weren't competing. I was. Somebody else could have got that belt. Someone could have beat me to it and ordered it. And they could have bought the one that the other one they have available. Like there's just no competition there. He won competition to win that up up down championship, sir. The up up down down championship is not a WWE recognized title belt, therefore says is who? not. Uh says the WWE. Have you said have you seen them actually say that out loud? If you can um, find them saying that the Up Up Down Down Championship is not a WWE recognized title, then I'll give you that. Let's talk about it this way. They say actions speak louder than words, and I don't know if you remember, but Xavier Woods was very pissed about the superstar shakeup and the way things went down for Up Up Down Down. I think that was enough of WWE saying, 
up, up, down, down has nothing to do with us. That's your own shit. You got to figure that shit out on your own. You're making assumptions that they still haven't actually said that. Actions speak louder than words. No, the actions just say we don't care about it. They also don't care about the draft or like, you know, the brand. So that doesn't mean they don't exist. That just means they don't care. The title belt exists, just not within WWE canon. You know who else exists within WWE canon? They just don't give a shit about them. You know who else didn't say anything? Kevin Owens, when he came out and interrupted this promo segment while they were celebrating Big E's return, even though he's not medically cleared. But Sami Zayn came out and did all the talking and ended up talking himself into a match with Kofi after KO just stood there like a mute and got all pissed and then walked away. Um, Because he lost. (laughs) None of this is important, though, because Travis is just waiting for that Big E turn that he thinks is coming. It is. And I'm going to hate it, but it's going to come. Like, I'm going to hate it. It's going to turn into, into a great feud, but I'm going to hate every minute of it. I, I, I don't know what to say. There's I, nothing got... to say about it. It is what it is. Okay. Um, can we move on to the softcore champion? Sure. All right. talking about the Cinemax champion. So, uh, truth in preparation for what can only be described as a uh, – Porn tryout dresses up in a wig and enlists help from Jersey Charlotte. Tryout, a Cinemax tryout. Yeah, softcore. Enlists help from Jersey Charlotte because he says he can't retain this title without her, and she is not impressed with his uh, $10 Walmart Daenerys Targaryen wig that he went and bought. So she gives Truth a makeover. People online, specifically on Twitter, uh, have inferred that Truth with the makeover looked a lot like Charlotte, and Charlotte didn't seem too happy about that. (laughs) Read that on my car ride up here. She goes, that is an awful thing to say. How dare you? Oh, that's so funny. Oh, that's so good. (laughs) When they posted a picture of him in the wig and the makeup and said, when did Charlotte become 24-7 champion? up but it's so funny <laughs> but here's the thing he comes to smackdown with this belt no thinking that he only has to defend it for 24 hours and then another seven hours and carmella breaks it down for him <laughs> that it's 24 hours seven days a week all the time um so he's hiding you've got drake maverick who is probably my favorite part of this because he is like way behind everyone doesn't have the cardio can't keep up posting wanted pictures all over the arena and on people car people's car windows people don't know what our truth looks like (laughs) with his twitter handle as contact information in case anyone sees truth um b team matt hardy everyone is running around trying to get their hands on truth then we have ali versus uh I put down Del Rio because that's basically who Andrade is right now. <laughs> but Ali did me one better. He said that uh, Ali versus Andrade is the uh, winner gets a full name match. <laughs> it took away both their names. Oh, man. That's good. Ali beats Del Rio. Um, good match. Th- those guys are great talents. They're going to put on good matches. But it's just... It's another one like, yeah, this was cool, but who cares? Yeah, it's (laughs) them competing after both not winning the money in the bank, and it really has no stakes, and there's no story there yet. So, yeah. Then we get to Mandy. Oh, I'm sorry. uh, Hot Charlotte versus Jersey Charlotte. Truth, being the genius that he is, decides to come down in his disguise. Uh, Can we call him Black Charlotte right now? Right now with the blonde wig, I guess we can call him Black Man Charlotte. All right, so Black black Man Charlotte comes down. Uh, the disguise doesn't work, though. Everyone comes out. Truth runs through the ring, causing a disqualification, breaking up the match. He grabs Jersey Charlotte, drags her backstage with him. No, they take we got to talk about how he ran away. No, we need to talk about this whole thing that happened right here because this was the funniest shit that I saw all damn week. So – He's running out. He's got he's got Jersey Charlotte on his back, running away. 
And Byron Saxton says, why doesn't he just put Jersey Charlotte down and run away? And Corey goes on this rant about, you, you know, he helps your friend. Why would you do that? Blah, blah, blah. And calls Byron Saxton a sissy in the middle of all that. And Byron Saxton got so pissed. Like, like, like shoot pissed is what it looked like. <laughs> he stopped and was staring at him. He was big mad. Like, so mad. Like, I wanted to walk up behind him and put a little cape on his shoulders. Like, yep you super mad like it was like bro, <laughs> it was so fucking funny to me dude like <laughs> and Corey is laughing in his face like what you gonna do about it like <laughs> cory graves has come out and said that he enjoys doing things on purpose to fuck up and piss off his co-announced team uh and get get reactions like that out of him. It was so good. Byron Saxton was so mad, Matt. Like, like if you have time, just go back and look at his face right after that scene. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely missed that part. I, I, I was not watching that intently. Oh, man. <laughs> he was so mad. But anyway, go ahead. Um... Yeah, so that match got thrown out, and Truth, um, Black Man Charlotte, and Jersey Charlotte run away, being chased in tail by, uh, like I said, everyone on the SmackDown roster, essentially. Mm-hmm. Except for the people that had matches or actual shit to do. Yeah, people who nobody cares about were, were chasing them. One of those people being Sami Zayn, who is part of the wild card rule tonight, oh, and had a match against Kofi. kind of was there and watched them run by. No, I said people that had shit to do oh, yeah. weren't chasing them. Yeah. Sammy was one of those people. That was yeah. that was a transition into the next match that you just completely fucked up for me. I did. My bad. Yeah. I'll take okay. that back. Forget I said anything. <laughs> Go. So Kofi beats Sami Zayn, and then uh, male Charlotte's bitch, Paul Heyman, comes out, causes a distraction. Well, Dolph Ziggler, who I'm trying to figure out a name for if Brock Lesnar's male Charlotte, because he actually does look like a pretty girl with that long blonde hair. But I just don't know what to call him yet. Pretty um, boy Charlotte. Possibly. I like that actually. Pretty boy Charlotte. Uh it's the return of Pretty Boy Charlotte who destroys Kofi. Uh and I mean, this is some evil, vile, violent ECW like ass whoopings we thing got going that, on. That I heard were no longer allowed in WWE happened during this thing. Yeah, like CTE. Yeah. Yeah, causing it. Say it seems like they're okay with doing it because they were doing it to the black guy trying to give him CTE and take him out. Like, I'm watching you, WWE. I don't trust you. I don't trust you. All this time, all these headshots with the chairs and all this shit are not allowed. But it's okay when this blonde white dude does it to the black guy. Here's the thing: you got some explaining to do. There's no explaining, Dolph. Pretty Boy Charlotte, whatever we want to call him, he found a loophole. They said you cannot hit somebody in the head with a chair. They did not say you cannot stick somebody's head in a chair, put it up against an announce table, and then run into it. Sounds like some damn white people shit. See, that's the thing. That's You know what? And See, this is why we're always so fucking mad, Matt. Because shit like that. You understand the spirit of that fucking rule, but guess what? Fucking Dolph damn Ziggler with his white privilege comes in and delivers multiple headshots with a chair, but through some loophole, it's okay. Tony Tony posted something on his uh, Facebook, I think last night that I saw. Tony. Oh, my frat brother. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, your go frat ahead. brother who who seems to really like me for whatever reason uh, finds me hilarious, and I appreciate it, Tony, if you're listening. Anyway, he posted, uh, I will not let other people make me feel guilty for my blessings, and uh, that's exactly the white privilege motto I explained to him. Mm-hmm. So I you can that. say all you want, but uh, Dolph ain't going to let you make him feel guilty for the blessings that he has encountered with coming up with a loophole to take Kofi out. I don't expect him to feel guilty for him. I just need him to acknowledge that they exist. I can't promise you that. That's all I want. That's all any of us want. Just just acknowledge that it happens. 
My favorite part of this, though, was the refs trying to decide where to put the belt on Kofi and if the belt should ride on the stretcher with Kofi or if they should carry it and not being able to figure out what the fuck to do with Kofi's title belt. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. Kofi's okay, though. He got off the stretcher. He wanted to walk. He wanted to be a man. He he, he stumbled out. Well, he said earlier in the night that he would walk out of there on his own two feet. He did. And he did. Then we get the weirdest fucking backstage segment ever. We got Roman Reigns walking into the building late as fuck. Yeah, why Elias? Why is he allowed to come in so fucking late? Uh, because he's Samoan. And he had cancer. And you can't really shame a guy with cancer and be like, why are you late? Yeah, you can. Because you probably just say, there's a guy that works with me now who literally had the same shit, leukemia. If he came in late, they'd shit all over him. Anyway, go ahead. Did he beat leukemia in less than six months? I don't know how long it took him to beat it. I wasn't there. This all happened before. I'm just curious as if it's like a thing that happens or if this is a rare case. I'm going to need you to like stop insinuating that Roman Reigns faked leukemia. Go ahead. Continue. Elias, for whatever reason, decided that it was going to be a great idea to climb on top of a semi-truck <laughs> and stand there all night waiting for Roman Reigns to show up so that he could sing Roman a song from the top of a semi-truck where Roman couldn't hit him. Now, mind you, getting on the top of the semi-truck so you can't get hit by the guy, great idea. Waiting all night to sing a song? The fuck? Go ahead, Travis. I respect that level of pettiness. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen. I admire it because you know what? That's the kind of shit I would do. You know how? You know when I thought about doing that NWO shit? When? This morning. Is when I thought of it. At eight o'clock this morning, I found that music at eight o'clock this morning. I had it queued up for. Hold on. Ten hours, sir. <laughs> had it queued up and ready for approximately ten hours, waiting to use it here. So was it because of, was it because of the petty that I displayed on the Facebook page you though, where and I tried to all the rest of your minions that followed you? People agree. The haters, it's clear. The haters. The four horsemen are clearly for life. It's not clear because they lost. You and a bunch of millennials who don't know who the fuck the four horsemen are. I get it. Oh, I know exactly who the four horsemen are. I said are. you and a bunch of millennials that don't know who they are. I know you do. And I made a conscientious decision to choose the NWO over them. The best part of this whole thing was, like, Roman just sat there and listened to him sing. And I don't know why. Like, if it was me, I would have looked up and been like, okay, fuck you, and I would have kept walking. Like, I'm not going to entertain him singing to me about me. Like, I'm just going to walk away. And he can't follow me because he's on a fucking semi-truck. Like, he did that to himself. But Roman sat there and listened and waited till he finished before he was like, yeah, fuck you, and walked away. It was curiosity. Like, where is this going? Are, are you going to just keep – oh, you got more. Okay. Okay. And that, that's what kept him there. But, you know, with this whole thing, like I said, Elias, I, I respect that level of pettiness. It's like, you know, there's certain times when you just got to gotta flex on people like, yep, what you going to do about it? No, I understand that. I did the same thing this morning on the Facebook group. Um, you talking about what you lost? Then we roll in. I run the thing. Like, if I say the Four Horsemen won, the Four Horsemen won. It is what it is. You know what actually happened, so that doesn't matter. But it's okay. I'm going to have to institute my white privilege here and just overrule you. You can do that, but you know that you know that leads to like you know protests and sit-ins and all that kind of shit. You know we don't we don't you don't you don't want them kind of problems. We don't have time for that, Matt. You know, it's just yeah. I don't. know. I, I feel like I'm fifty-fifty on who's on my side. Yeah, but you know, you got white privilege. I have affirmative action. I mean, what you gonna do? That is true. <laughs> It was all white privilege in the uh, Charlotte Twins versus Becky and Bailey match, though. Yeah. Becky and Bailey beat the Charlotte Twins uh, instead of trying to divide them. They're basically the same person. Becky, like Irish. That's like, you know, where they make white people. (laughs) It's not where I was made, Travis. I'm sure there's some Irish. I also have no racist Nazi tattoos. Yeah, if you dig deep enough, I'm sure there's some Irish in you somewhere. 
No, there's not. There's zero Irish in me. Have you done a little ancestry DNA test thingy? I have. Oh, there's no Irish at all? No, but I found some Viking that I was not expecting, which Same explains shit. The island, the, the mountains of Caucasus. Yeah. Explains this fucking glorious beard I can grow. Yeah, those fucking. Yeah, I got you. You're one of them Scandinavians. Got you. Yeah. Uh, Dolph Ziggler comes back out. Pretty Boy Charlotte comes back out and cries about how he's been irrelevant and he's still irrelevant and he's going to make himself not irrelevant by beating Kofi and becoming WWE champion, even though we know he won't. Yeah. It should have been me. And why? It's one of those real things that, like, you know, in a way, you're kind of right, but so what? <laughs> See, I disagree. Like, it shouldn't have been him because he's had two chances as champion to make a name for himself and do something with it and be valued as a main eventer. Kofi's had zero. This is Kofi's chance, and he took it and ran with it. Dolph had two shots, didn't do shit with him. Yeah, it's one of those things, too. Like, afterwards, you saw, like, when he got taken out and all that, the crowd was really behind Kofi and shit. So it was just like, it's working. The crowd loves yeah. Kofi. The people love Kofi. The people are behind Kofi in the way they were never really behind Dolph. Like, people like us respected Dolph and loved Dolph, but, like, the crowds, live crowds, the non-international WrestleMania crowds weren't with Dolph. You know, we're with Dolph, but the they, they weren't with Dolph like we were with Dolph is what I mean. No, I know. I know what you're saying. Here's the thing. Dolph's amazing. I'd say he's underrated. I think he definitely deserves to be champion. I think he banked a little too much on – the uh, I'm the next HBK thing instead of just being the first Dolph Ziggler, which if you've seen Fighting With My Family, that is the advice that The Rock gives to Paige, and it's the advice that they try and give you all the time. Don't try and be the next this person, be the first you. And he really should have done that, and he didn't, and I think that led to his downfall a little bit. But inside the ring, that man. Hey, while emulating Billy Gunn, which was weird. Yeah. <laughs> um fantastic in the ring great charisma funny as fuck like he has all the tools just didn't put them together at the right time yeah that's what it is it took kofi 11 years to put them together so you know which i hate when people say that like you know kofi put in 11 years of work and became an overnight success no 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 no. he's an 11 year success story not an yeah Okay. No, there's, if you've been working at something for 11 years, you are not an overnight success. Yeah. You've been working at it for 11 years. It took you 11 years to get there. It was just, and it was just 11 years while he was in WWE, not counting the 11 years before that, but not the, not the years before the 11 years. But. Yeah. Um, then we get Elias versus Roman. Roman wins despite Shane's best efforts. And then Shane jumps him. And then Roman starts to take out Shane and then Drew McIntyre comes up and Claymore kicks the fuck out of Roman. And that's SmackDown. Smacking it down. Who's going over this week, Travis? <laughs> Did you freeze or are you just smiling? Brock Lesnar. Nope. Truth. The softcore champion is going over big time. They I'll found the perfect you know title. You know what? For I'll, give you that one. I'll give you that one. Because I, I simply said Brock to piss you off, but you're right. You're right. Our truth is going over this week. He has been great on Twitter. He has been great on both Raw and SmackDown. This is going to be a funny fucking thing for him to do. It is the perfect title for him. Softcore champion, our truth. Yeah. Who's jobbing out this week? Well... There are a lot of choices. But I'm going to say the fact that people just, you know, continuously just don't give a fuck about the revival. I'm going to go ahead and throw that one out there and say they're losing. They're <sighs> like they got to win and nobody cares. I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm stuck between that and the entire men's money in the bank ladder match because apparently all of those guys weren't worth it, nor did they know that Brock Lesnar was going to come out and just take the money. I call bullshit on that because there's no way in a match like that you can just do something like that and not tell the participants. Like, it's too, it's entirely too dangerous for you to do that, especially Ali. Like, there's no way Ali didn't know. You know what I mean? Like, I, I call bullshit on that. All right, I'll give that one to you. That's just like... um. 
you know, way back when, when Brock beat um, Taker, like there was some reports coming out, which, you know, we all knew were bullshit, but they were saying like that Brock just took that win. He wasn't supposed to win and shit like that. Like, there's no way that happens. Like, it doesn't work that way. But I I believe it, actually. He's a selfish piece of shit. Yeah, but Taker wouldn't just do that. You, you know that. So. Going over, R-Truth, our softcore champion, jobbing out the Revival, even though they beat the Usos. Yeah. All right, Travis. It's that time. It is time to talk about Warrior versus Hogan, Halloween Havoc, 1998, in a shit show of a match. We'll see that. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Go ahead. Say what you're gonna say. Uh, let, let, let me say this because I, I know I know it, it's gonna upset Travis, and he's gonna go off on a rant after I say it. This match highlights perfectly. The fact that both the Ultimate Warrior and Hogan, when left to their own devices and their own egos and their lack of ability to work a fucking match, what happens? And it is a shit show, and it is bad. It is awful. It is full of botches. Neither men are talented in ring competitors. Neither men could put their egos aside to come up with a decent concept here. And this is the brutal WCW abortion of their first encounter that Vince headed and made work that we got in 1998. Go ahead, Travis. So here's the thing about this match, sir. I'll give you, it was not a very great match. Basically, what it was is they did. They tried to do a repeat of what they did in what was that ninety? When they had their first match, yeah, ninety. Yep. But one of them was actually a heel in this match. That being Hulk Hogan, they they tried to do that with Hogan being a fucking heel, and it didn't work because you know it's just that's just not the way they work. And the thing is, certain things happened in this match that were just a bad idea. That fireball thing was a really bad idea. But outside of that, <laughs> outside of that fireball that just didn't happen because they fucked it up, what really was differently bad, you know, about this match as opposed to the 1990 match? Um, well, because that's what the thing. Back in 1990, felt, it, it just felt like an old match. That's that's all I can really say that was bad about it. Besides that fireball, is that it just felt like an old match. Well, hold on. So, um, it did feel like an old match, and that's part of what made it bad. We are now in 1998. We are not in the 80s. Back in 90, that carryover of the 80s style wrestling, the fucking test of strength, and. Yeah. Warrior no-selling everything and bouncing around like a fucking idiot and Hulk Hogan also trying to no-sell but sell but no-sell because he's fucking Hulk Hogan and all that shit. Like, that worked in the 90s. That doesn't work or the 80s and early 90s. That doesn't work in 1998 with the introduction of your group, the NWO, in the reality area era and all that shit. It, it doesn't fucking fly. So not only do we have that, I just I want to take people back. This is the era where Sting is wearing black and red face paint. He's part of the Wolf Pack. The Outsiders are apart and fighting, and Bret Hart is here in WCW. One thing before we go any further, because I forgot to mention this before the entrances. Um, it's so, and I know it's not their fault really, but um, <clears throat> on the network having Hogan come out and not hearing Voodoo Child <coughs> out as Hollywood Hogan bothers me. Just using the NWO music is just like, yeah, I get it. But Hogan is supposed to come out to Voodoo Child as Hollywood Hogan. Like, it's just, ugh, it bothers me. But anyway, go ahead. So that's what's going on. We've also, 
the story for this is it's the NWO, the New World Order, versus own the One Warrior Nation. The one Warrior Nation, man. Don't even play that up like it's cool, Travis. It wasn't cool. Nation. It wasn't cool in 1998. It ain't cool in 2019. Don't even try and pull that shit. Just here's the thing. Hogan's selling has always been bad, but it is even badder when the in-ring work is this bad. One of the things that Hogan does that kills me is when he can't believe his opponents are as strong, no matter how many times he's fought them. Like, he's fought Warrior before, but he's, like, in disbelief that Warrior could hurt him or do something. See, this is why, one of the things, too, why I love the NWO so much, because Hollywood Hogan, in my opinion, was the best Hogan ever. Let me tell you why. Because it was the closest to what Hogan is in real life, which is that self-centered person who thinks he's above everything else in the world. And the thing is, of course, he wouldn't believe that somebody else like Ultimate Warrior was more powerful than him because he just believes he's a fucking god. And so when that happens and he's overpowered, he's in fucking shock because he can't believe there's someone out there who's above him. Acting like he's in shock and acting that is really only worthy of like Mr. Nanny or Santa Claus with muscles, it's so bad. Because his selling is so bad, even in that instance. Then you've got Nick Patrick almost dying so that Hulk Hogan could take his belt off and use it. But then he gets that taken away, and Warrior's going to use it. But he's going to use it like a chain. Watching the Ultimate Warrior take Hulk Hogan's belt off was very weird looking. But go ahead. Oh, you didn't like that? That was, that was odd. They didn't do it for you, watching heel Hulk Hogan be stripped by your hero, the Ultimate Warrior? That was, that was just very odd looking. I'm just like, I need this to be over very quickly. That was almost worthy of the, of the uh, softcore championship right there. Ugh. Continue, sir. Um, the announcers keep saying that he, Hogan should be disqualified, but that it's okay because, well, the belt's part of his clothes. So apparently, if you guys want to not di- be disqualified in a match, all you need to do is wear a belt down to the ring, take it off, and then you can use it. You can choke somebody with it. You can whip them with it. You can do whatever the fuck you want because it's part of your clothing. So, like, wear a steel chain around your waist. Exactly. Or, like, Cena, he used to wear one around his neck. Just wear a steel chain necklace and use that. Or, or you know what? Fuck it. Just strap a chair to your chest and say that's part of your clothing, you know? And then during the match, just unstrap it and use it during the match. I've also got that moment where Hogan and Warrior wrestling and they just decide to stop, drop, and roll out of the ring um yeah and then because this match and this concept isn't bad enough we have to bring horace hogan who is you know a widely revered special person in wcw a very very as tier talent their family he's important yeah he was very important when he took that chair shot the week before that they talked Hell about yeah. and got knocked out of the end of the fuck out he had to teach him a lesson Apparently, he hit him yeah. so hard that he didn't know what the fuck he was doing because it was if my test, uncle the chair, you saw afterwards, Hogan told him, you passed the test. Yeah, that's what you say to someone after you've hit them with the chair and you don't want to get fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's it was a test. You passed the Hogan. test. That's who he is right now, dude. He's a manipulative asshole. But here's the thing. Eric Bischoff put the ref in a fucking headlock while this was going on. Well, Horace Hogan was hitting warrior with a chair eric bischoff had the ref in a headlock you can't fucking put the ref in a headlock without getting the match thrown out it makes no fucking sense i don't i understand it's the nwo and eric bischoff was with the nwo and he ran don't give me that bullshit there has to be has to be and we saw this with the hogan vader match just no fucking logical sense whatsoever where you can just come down and put the ref in a fucking headlock and give him a noogie while people are hitting each other with chairs so we can't fucking see it. Like, Well, I mean, it was Nick Patrick. So, you know, Nick Patrick has a little bit of NWO bias anyway. So, you know. Worst of all, they tried to fucking murder the warrior by fire at the end of this. They dumped gasoline all over his body and were going to light him on fire before they were stopped. They were going to commit arson is it arson when you kill someone with fire? What is that called? I mean, it's called murder. <laughs> yeah, they were going to commit murder by arson at the end of a fucking pay-per-view. Well, I mean, you know, it happens. Kane did it, too. 
Yeah, but Kane summoned a fire. He didn't. No, 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 no. He he literally lit Jr. on fire during an interview. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Kane did it too. So that was his gimmick, though. That the lighting people on fire isn't Hogan's gimmick. Oh, so it's different if it's your gimmick. I've got to believe also that somehow, like this was Warrior's idea. He was like, so at the end of the match, while I'm laying there, just douse me in fire, and I will get up, and I will stop the flames. I will put them out with my bare strength. And my overpowering charisma. Yeah. And then I will shake the ropes and they will go out. Like That's the power that of the warrior, sir. Uh-huh. Power of the own. That is the power of the one warrior nation. The only thing that happened in this match was Warrior got owned because Hogan had to get his fucking win back. He couldn't just let <laughs> he had to get eight that years back. go by with Hulk, Warrior. He, got return back. he had to get that win back and he got it. <laughs> I know we've talked about it and I've mentioned this to you. Eric Bischoff and Tony Schiavone and a lot of people in WCW, they truly say that they've always felt like Halloween Havoc was their WrestleMania. And I don't believe it, but go ahead. You can say you don't believe it, but, I mean, the people who put on the show said that. Now, Starcade was positioned that way. Here's the thing. That's fine. But all the biggest matches still happened at Starcade. But anyway. Not according to them. They said that the biggest productions and the biggest stuff that they did, they did at Halloween Havoc. Hogan versus Sting happened at Starcade. Nash versus Goldberg happened at Starcade. All those Rand, um, Ric Flair versus um, Dusty Rose matches that happened at Starcade. That was pre-Bischoff, so you, those don't count. Okay, well, the two biggest matches in that biggest era of WCW happened at Starcade. And one of them was a match that shouldn't have happened because Sting was in no position to compete. And but it was one, one of them built up for over a year. And one of them was... Goldberg getting hit with a taser and the beginning of the downfall of WCW as we knew it. Doesn't mean that wasn't one of their biggest matches. Like one of them, like you said, it was it shouldn't have happened because Sting wasn't prepared for it. Are you saying that Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior in the rematch eight years later isn't a huge match, Travis? Yeah, just not as it is, just not as big as that Hogan versus Sting match that they built up for over a year. If that was if Halloween Havoc was their biggest pay-per-view, they would have built it up and paid it off at Halloween Havoc. But no, they did it at Starcade. Okay. I'm going to look up some Halloween Havoc matches and I'm going to see if I can top what you talked about there. By the way, this Starcade, the Starcade title match that happened tonight on this pay-per-view was funny as fuck because they couldn't show it on pay-per-view because they didn't like get the clearance to go overtime. And so it cut off like right after the match started, and that's funny as fuck to me. They had to give it away for free the next night on Nitro. Yeah, which was a cool match because it was you know DDP versus you know Goldberg, which it was a good match. It just you know they fucked up. All right, Travis. Um, everything's done. Hashtag Them Thrones is done. I have not listened to your final episode yet. I am dreading it because I am a Game of Thrones season eight apologizer, and I really don't want to hear you guys bitching about. Here's the thing. Shit. You might be surprised. Okay. Uh, What? Might be. Yeah. Super Flash Arrow of Tomorrow is done. Travis is going on a two-week vacation, but if you guys are not caught up like me, You guys can still go back and listen to all those episodes on all the same platforms that you may find this podcast. Also, Travis is still dropping memes over at facebook.com slash groups slash them thrones. And you guys can subscribe or join the group over at facebook.com slash groups slash super flashy arrow of tomorrow. So you guys can be up to date for when Comic-Con comes around and all of the show announcements and news comes out so you can keep up to date on that and just hang out and talk DC superhero shows in the group if you want. Start some conversations. Cool stuff coming because Bat- Batwoman happening opens up a whole new world for us. So we're looking forward to that. As always, uh, the tournament, uh, the 30-day wrestling challenge, and everything else, which is a lot that I have going on over at Facebook.com slash groups slash smacking raw. Yes. Fun if shit. you're listening so- to this and you're not in the group, get in that group right now because that group is fucking dope. I just... Matt has done a great job with that group. And I'm going to take that because I don't get compliments. Last time I'll give Matt a compliment for like months. Best part about all this is after Travis takes his vacation, I solely have Travis all to myself in the podcast world. It is just my podcast that he is doing. I am going to try and get him to do more. What? 
creation conversation. Yeah, you're not coming out with one. It ain't happening. There's not going to be a creation conversation. We've talked about that. You can make out the shit for it. We're waiting. You can, you can, you can. It's been like six months. It ain't happening. Go ahead and think that. Go ahead and think that. You saying that made me laugh so much I spit a little water out. Good. Um, I like that. Basically, I have Travis all to myself now, so we're going to work out some extra content for you guys. Maybe I'll even get him to do a Royal Rumble watch along if I let him pick the Royal Rumble. He's going to have time now. Huh? We do 2,000? We already did 2,000. No, we talked about 2,000. We didn't do a watch along for 2,000. Uh, hold on. I think I think I did 2,000. Uh, I'm just fucking with you, dude. Go ahead and wrap this up. We're going over. Okay. For Sir Cussalot, Travis Pointer, who you guys can find on Twitter and Instagram at Sir Cussalot at S-I-R underscore C-U-S-S-A-L-O-T-T. I am the MOTP, Matt Ritter, who you guys can find on Twitter at Matt Ritter. That is at M-A-T-T-R-I-D-D-E-R. We are smacking a raw, and we are that damn good. Sweet!